Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And also, I feel like it's self-explanatory to like not explain why calling out discrimination is something that you should do. I don't yeah. know. Like, does that really need an explanation? I feel like you that's would, just something you, you would, would think do. not. <laughs> uh, people on the internet <laughs> surprising me the whole day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to Lovecast Boys Love Podcast. I'm your host Pixie and with me are my co-hosts Kayla and Alexa. Hello. So we're going to start out, before anything else, we're going to start out with tea time and today we have a story for some people might have seen it on Twitter. I just suddenly saw Nat from Cutie Pie doing an apology and I was just like, what's going on now? So apparently a while ago he was doing an interview and the interviewer asked if Max was asleep, what would he do? And the translation for his answer was that he would rape him. Then there's been a little discussion about the translation because it's... Oh, how do I explain that? Wait, I have it written down. I'm just gonna... Pull up your notes. <laughs> Pull up the notes. So, a Thai person explained it that it's doing something sexual to people while they s- still sleep. So, it's similar to the word rape. But it can also mean that, like, it's kissing on the cheek while the other person is asleep, stuff like that. So, it has, like, a really big Broad. range. Yeah. <laughs> like, it could. Either mean like forceful non-consensual sex or just a peck yeah. on the cheek. Like yeah. there's no in between there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I can't say it's the fault of the translator because that translator also might not have been fluent in English. So they might have just picked the term that they thought was but easiest to fit in. Or Like how would you explain it? Yeah, like... there's. It's it's hard when things don't translate. 100% and it is a very broad term it kind of seems like in summary it means like doing something 
to someone while they're sleeping without their consent. But that is, you know, when you're translating, you're trying to keep things concise, you have a time limit, all that kind of stuff. So they basically probably just translated it to the quickest thing that they could think of. But I do think the translation itself is what sparked the controversy and this the appearance coming back more than anything mm-hmm. although nat did mm-hmm. say in his apology that you know he recognized as soon as he said it that it's something he probably shouldn't have said because he understands how it can be interpreted but he mm-hmm. said you know he was trying to keep up with the atmosphere of the interview and keep things mm-hmm. fun and give a fun answer and so he kind of just blurted it, it out without thinking yeah like he was trying to mm-hmm. do fan service like so mm-hmm. that he would like yeah. do cute stuff with his partner when they were asleep and couldn't consent to it yeah yeah i know that the creator Buell Sarong, she made a video a while ago where she talked about the difference between certain terms that are translated to rape but how mm-hmm. there is one that is like a criminal term for rape and then yeah. there's mm-hmm. one that's a casual one and i i would have to listen back to the clip but i can't remember if it was they used that casual term or it was like a completely different word that was being used yeah, i i know like the casual casual in like the casual means it's still it's rough sex basically like the, yeah but it still can be interpreted as non-consensual mm-hmm. because some men might say that their partner said no but like they showed with their body that they wanted to or something like that like, yeah yeah that's yeah but <laughs> but yeah i don't know if this is the same thing i feel yeah. like in thailand they have a lot of words about that entitled like consent and sex that shouldn't be a thing Mm -hmm. but it's very hard to kind of put an opinion to it because it's not my language Mm -hmm. and i might be wrong interpreted things wrongly but i do feel like a lot of it is very sus and it's yeah. normalized at all yeah like, it's not an excuse and even if they say that this word was kind of like yeah he was just saying that he would kiss him on the cheek or give him a kiss or anything like it's still sus yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it, it kind of like leads us to what we all kind of agreed on i feel like is what was the interviewer looking for when they asked that yeah. question so i'm like what do you, what are you going to do to your partner when they're sleeping like obviously they don't want him to say i'll just let him sleep you know they were expecting <laughs> an answer and they, they wanted him to feed into it. that yeah so you know if nat would have said nothing like they would have kept fishing for something you know like that's yeah. that's also a big part of the issue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've the question before, feels very unethical to me. Yeah, I've noticed before a lot of journalists in Thailand have a habit of crossing the line. Yeah, a lot of times they ask questions about sexuality and like fan servicey things that go too far. Like I'm fine with the actors doing fan service as long as they're in on it themselves but mm-hmm. if you're starting to like ask them questions like that you're putting them in an uncomfortable situation like yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's i don't understand how that can even like didn't someone like okay these questions why is that <laughs> question even there like what 
But I don't I, know. It might be a cultural thing again, but that shouldn't be a cultural thing. Like it just because it's a different yeah. culture, it shouldn't be okay to ask questions like that. It's definitely a BL thing because it's it's you know it falls into the same category of you know asking actors if they're dating each other in real life. You know these like leading questions that they're asking for the sake of fan service that kind of back the actors into a corner and you know, there's only so many answers that they can give that they know that the interviewer wants to hear. Imagine if this was an interview with Sendaya and Tom Holland. And oh, God. The interviewer <laughs> asked Tom Holland if he would, what would he do to Zendaya if she was sleeping next to him? It wouldn't and happen. If he, like, that is so, inter like, inappropriate. It's, like, it's invasive. Like, mm -hmm. And that's, you know, Tom Holland and Zendaya are dating, and that doesn't make it appropriate, but... No, not at all! <laughs> even considering that, like, these actors are acting, like, their relationship yeah. isn't real. Like, Matt and... Nat. Matt. Matt. <laughs> Max, <laughs> Max and Nat are not, you know, a couple. So yeah. it, it just, it's like that blurring the line weirdness again that we've gotten into last week and yeah. the weeks before that's just kind of like, yeah. I don't know. So honestly, mm -hmm. if anyone should be like, if anyone should get, get any flack for this, it's the interviewer. Yeah. I do appreciate mm -hmm. that. Like Matt. Uh, oh my God. Matt. <laughs> I cannot say his name today. <laughs> I do appreciate that Nat kind of took everything in stride and he didn't get defensive. You know, he didn't try and say, oh, it was this many years ago. This is what I actually meant. He was like, yeah, I understand that the term that I used is not a great term and I apologize for that. And, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't try and deflect in any way. Mm -hmm. So I think he did a great job handling yeah, the situation I and agree. I do appreciate that. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In those type yeah. of situations, all you really can do is apologize, but mm -hmm. also own up to it instead of making excuses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, think he did yeah, I job really that. appreciate that he didn't start making excuses, like saying stuff like they made a mistake translating. It's not like I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Like, we've seen actors do that before. <laughs> so I do oh, yeah. I really appreciate him like owning up to it and actually like apologizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. 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 So going into our episode today, I will take a little bit of a back burner on this one because I honestly I don't really it's not my place to talk about it, to be honest. As a white straight woman i really don't shouldn't have anything to say in the conversation other than listen mm. <laughs> so i'm gonna throw it over to kayla and alexa <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I, <laughs> trying to lead the podcast is like not my forte but you know we basically had this discussion a while back in our discord server and then we kind of got the idea to turn it into an episode because we thought it would be a good discussion to have with you guys but ultimately we were talking about the role in of privilege in consuming bl and being a content creator in bl specifically when it comes to addressing controversies or certain depictions of things in bl and how people choose to address those things or choose not to address those things. And we kind of just wanted to talk about, you know, being queer people of color, watching BL, how sometimes we don't really have an option to 
ignore things or choose to only see the good side of things. And so we wanted to like have a discussion about that and just kind of talk about what role identity plays in how we view BL and how we address things that happen in BL, I guess is where it kind of came from. So, yeah. So I thought we could start with talking about why we specifically think that it's important to bring up issues or call out issues when you're a, any creator with a platform. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's, I feel like it's important for BL content creators to speak up on issues, not necessarily like making a formal address or anything about it, Mm -hmm. but even just, even just not ignoring it or being complicit with it, because it's one of those things where if nobody speaks up about it, then nothing is going to ever change. Yeah. And I feel like most of the time, it's not even just tea, it's people's lives that are being affected. And that sounds really overdramatic to say, but when you're the one being affected by it, you'll think a lot differently about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is a push in a lot of fandom spaces, not just BL, to like keep politics out of fandom and, you know, separate what's happening in your real life and, you know, what your identity is from the media that you view. But I feel like as people of color and as queer people and as, you know, our basically our entire existence is seen as political, you know, just existing as a person in this day and age, as a black person or an Asian person or a queer person, like you are political and you don't really have a choice in that as a marginalized person. So, you know, saying to keep politics out of fandom or separate reality from fiction, I feel like you don't necessarily get as much of an option in that when you're coming from a marginalized place, because that aspect of your identity impacts everything that you do and everything that you see, whether you want it to or not, you know? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of media pretty much all media touches on something that is political. I'm going to be mentioning cutie pie a little in this, but even just thinking about some of the things that come up in that show, I'm like, this is their political issues that come up in every mm-hmm. single show, even if it's just like a BL that is supposed to be more lighthearted. Really nothing is not touched by politics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, there's like no separating. I feel like, yes, it is fiction. And, you know, there's a certain level of fantasy and BL that, you know, you consider when you're watching it. But I don't necessarily think it changes the fact that these are depictions of identities of people that exist in real life. And so that is something to consider when controversies come up about a show or political issues are being touched on in a show that it's worthwhile to take note of it and be aware of it and not just, you know, ignore it for the sake of keeping everything light and happy and fluffy because like, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It just feels like you're, you're purposely then trying to create a wall between yourself and that, that doesn't sit right with me. Like saying that you don't want to get political, I feel is just a cop out to not talk. And Usually people are doing it just because they don't want to be controversial. They don't want, like, they want as much people as possible to like them. So they'll continue with the fluff and everything and not get any, like, politics involved. And it's a cop-out. It's Mm -hmm. just a cop-out. And it's not fair. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah 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 exactly <laughs> like I feel like even if you are coming from a place where you know pixie watching Biela as a straight white woman using you as an example even if you know that you know a lot of the times it's not your place to lead the conversation you still acknowledge that there's a conversation to be had and I think that is the most important thing you know there are plenty of people consuming BL and creating content for BL that might not identify with the characters in the show or understand really the root of the issues that are being brought up but I do think that there is something to be said for just acknowledging that that in itself you know acknowledging your privilege and where you stand on the issue is doing a lot more than just acting like it's not happening yeah I was gonna say that I understand that like when an issue doesn't affect you you might feel that it's better for someone who is affected to speak on it and I think that's probably the right move Mm -hmm. to not speak over people who are affected but that doesn't mean you have to stay silent on it because the thing is with silence a lot of it comes to neutrality and neutrality really isn't a thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so whenever you see creators in any fandom staying neutral on things it's kind of assumed that they are probably on the wrong side of the conversation. Even if they're not, that's just like assumed like Mm -hmm. human nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, even if you don't have a place to speak on the issue, there are plenty of creators, you know, that are so giving them the spotlight and acknowledging it in that way, you know, retweeting or sharing videos or sharing discussions that other creators are having about the topic at hand also goes so far. And it at least shows that you are taking a stance in the issue as opposed to, you know, trying to be neutral, which as Kayla just said, you know, is really not neutral at all, you know? And I feel like Mm -hmm. that quote has come up a lot in the past couple of years that like basically staying silent is, staying on the side of the oppressor type thing. And, you know, maybe BL is not that serious all the time, but there are elements of racism and colorism and homophobia that seep into BL that when you don't address them, it is, I totally lost track of the word, but it is like furthering those things for for continuing to exist in the BL world. Nothing is going to change if you don't say anything. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. keeping out of the conversation isn't helping anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also want to add that if you're in a position where like speaking out on certain issues could be dangerous for you, then please Mm -hmm. take your own self safety into account first. Yeah. Because like if there's a possibility that you can be harmed, then don't say anything. People will understand that you are still there in support, but you don't ever want to put yourself at any type of risk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. So. I felt like to really drive home how important it is for creators to speak up on certain issues that we bring up, like the actual issues, so that we're not having like this super vague conversation. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so one issue I will give as an example is when colors beauty standards are perpetuated in dramas. Mm-hmm. So like speaking from my perspective as a Filipino individual, I've seen how the prejudice against Asians with a darker complexion is directly tied to the media we consume and vice versa. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like especially in Southeast Asian countries, people associate dark skin with being lower class, uneducated, Mm -hmm. or a straight up criminal. So it's definitely not a coincidence when you turn on a BL drama and like all the rich characters, all the popular characters are being showered with comments about how their skin is so white and it makes them so handsome and approachable. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the dark skin characters are, if there are any to begin with, are usually typecast as bullies or thieves. Yeah. Comic relief. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And if you do have a darker skinned actor like Earth, Big Earth, you know, they whitewash the color grading so much that you can't even tell that he has, you know, a darker skin tone because they want to play so much into, even though like, you know, talking about how skin color is associated with, in a lot of places, wealth and Mm -hmm. one's privilege and status, you know, I'm thinking of A Tale of a Thousand Stars, someone like Earth's character in that series would have darker skin because he's out in the wilderness all the time you know as a forest ranger but Mm -hmm. because they care about that male lead actor being beautiful and associated with the beauty that they associate having lighter skin with and they go in and basically whitewash the character not even thinking about the real aspects of it if i remember correctly he's described as having dark skin in the novel as well yeah which is realistic for someone who yeah. spends all of their time outdoors <laughs> in yes. the forest. But, you know, <laughs> like, what was the point of casting a darker skinned character to a darker skinned actor to play a darker skinned character if you were just going to whitewash him in the end anyways? Mm-hmm. The whitewashing is actually a big thing. Like, I think of any series that I watched Singto in. And I yeah. see him come on the screen and I'm like, you do not look like that, sir. Except <laughs> it's not uh, you. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big problem in K-pop as well. Yeah. You don't see it oh, yeah. K-pop stars all the time. And I come to the point where when I see uh, K-drama or KBL, where there's like a heavy white filter over it, I just get like, I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm having some issues with Cherry Blossom yeah that show is very the color grading in that show is like extreme and you know there's an extent that they tie it to being like a light and fluffy happy romance drama but the underlying assumptions that go into that are kind of like i I can't even see distinguish people's features that it's like so like bright <laughs> and white it's airbrushed like, like those snow filters literally, <laughs> literally it feels like that a lot of the time yeah I don't know it's hard because I feel like it's hard to identify how I can speak on this because I'm not Asian but I am a black person a light-skinned black person so you know my experience with colorism is very different than that of a darker-skinned black person but it often is hard when you're watching a drama and you see characters who are not even as dark as I am like they have a lighter skin complexion than I do but they are still getting tied to these stereotypes about what having tan skin is depicted as in these shows and you know always being the random thief that comes up or part of the bullies gang and that kind of stuff and always depicted as not neat and not well put together kind of gruff and messy and it's just kind of like yeah it does not it's not fun to watch as a person that has a skin tone that is similar to those characters 
Yeah, no. And I know that recently in the first episode of Cutie Pie, we saw that they did a sort of antithesis on those beauty standards in that scene mm-hmm. where the creative director of Pia's company is he's pitching the ad idea and he wants to do this ad where one trans actress is used for comedic relief and she has darker skin. And then the other one is, has lighter skin and is the one who drinks their water. So yeah. her skin is like fair and beautiful. The water will make yeah. <laughs> Yes. That's how water works. <laughs> yeah. And then we saw he immediately shut it down and his exact quote was, Everyone has a chance to become successful if they work hard. Social status and social class doesn't matter. So I thought I thought that was very refreshing to see a mm-hmm. drama kind of address how not just the whole colorist thing, but how they make trans characters sometimes comedic relief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, really like that scene and how, you know, Hia was basically saying we want to have an ad that is being supportive of the lgbt community but how can we do that if we are writing off a portion of the community that does have darker skin as the comedic relief even though they're lgbt in the same way that the lighter skin character is and we're supporting that character but this character is the comedic relief of the ad because they have darker skin you know that's cutting out a whole part of the community that Mm -hmm. you're not supporting for a completely different reason so I really that was in like the first five episodes of the show and I was like damn they are not playing around with this one (laughs) yeah and there is another scene in the first episode where a colorist remark is made and it's in that flashback scene where uh, Kua is a baby And one of the family friends, I assume, says that he's good looking and fair skinned like his noble Mm -hmm. family. But I kind of took that scene as their way of showing that older generations are the ones who continue to perpetuate this idea. Yeah, that fair skin is superior in some way. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. One example I had that is kind of something that I guess it definitely was something that sparked controversy at the time. But there was that scene in Fish Upon the Sky, where oh. it was an episode I thought four. about bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first thing I thought of when you know, we were trying to think of specific examples for that topic, where they had Neo's character basically dress up as a <laughs> chic man. And I couldn't even watch the full scene because it was just like, really like I could not watch it but you know they were doing traditional mocking the dance moves and playing the traditional music in the background and it was all supposed to be this funny like fantasy scene type thing I don't even know but I remember when that happened there was a whole uproar on Mm -hmm. both sides of people saying like oh it's just funny like you can't take it seriously and you know this person is of chic descent and they don't care about it they thought it was funny too and just like that idea that I think the discussion was that like there was an Arab man who said it was funny but then yeah descent came in and just like no that's not funny yeah it's just like (laughs) first of all not all Indian people are a monolith like there Mm -hmm. is you know a whole number of religions and different like 
aspect, like mm. aspects, you know, different regions in India that, you know, people think and exist differently. But just the idea that like, well, this one person who is somewhat tied <laughs> to the Indian culture said it was funny. So it's funny. Mm. But, you know, just things like that. And, you know, it's a thing a lot in K-dramas too. I haven't seen as much like stereotypical depictions of Black people in Thai dramas that I can think of. But, you know, just like taking these stereotypes you have about a certain religion or a certain race and, you know, making them into comedy and then, mm. you know, people working their asses off to defend that that was just comedy and that it shouldn't be taken seriously. Yeah. And that is something that always like makes my blood boil when existing mm. in fandom. The discrimination is almost always against Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole problem with that scene was that, like, they're doing dress up and using a culture and things they don't understand and they didn't bother reading up on. And mm-hmm. yeah, and people seem to have more problems with cultural appropriation than they had about this. And I'm just what yeah it was it's kind of like this taking stereotypes that they have seen about other cultures maybe depicted in media from that culture or media from the west or wherever it comes and you know the assumption that oh i saw them depicted like this in media this media so i can depict them like this too even though the media that they're drawing from has its own stereotypes and is rooted in its own forms of racism that influenced the way that they depicted that in the first place. And you're, so you're drawing from a form of media that is already like racist or mm-hmm. stereotypical in its original depictions. Mm-hmm. I would love to ask the director, like, what is the joke? Yeah. What is the, what is the funny part? What, what makes I, it funny? And the the thing was with that, that made it really frustrating is that, you know, when this happened and, you know, it blew up in a discussion on social media, the director basically just like went private on social media and didn't, you know, refuse to acknowledge the situation. And I saw Um, on Twitter, not that part, but I saw on Twitter that he is also the director of the new Earth Mix drama, Cupid's Last Wished, and apparently oh, there God. was an issue with colorism in the first episode of that drama, which mm. we have not been able to watch yet. But, you know, it was brought up and the director did the exact same thing. Like, they just went private on social media and, you know, refused to mm. acknowledge any of the criticism yeah. about the it. The director went silent until man from that area or whatever said that it's no big deal it's fine it's funny right yeah it's just this idea that one person you know (laughs) there are plenty of you know one person from a chic descent said oh it's fine so that means my whole thing was fine and you know hey i'm ryan reynolds at Mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It's just like a weird hill to die on. And I thought of that example when we brought this up and I was just I mean, like, dude, just apologize and, yeah. and move on. Why are you, what, why is this the thing that you put your foot down on? Yeah. I don't, know. Just I don't know. I feel like part of being a human being is constantly learning and growing. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. whenever things like that happen, it's just like, okay, well, you refuse to learn or grow in any way. So mm-hmm. what are we going to do now? Because the yeah. product that you're putting out is very problematic. Yeah. You know, there were people, you know, I remember talking about this in our BLT Cafe Discord, there were people in that Discord who are chic descent and were very hurt by that depiction. And so like, just because one person said, oh, I thought it was funny and I'm a chic person doesn't mean that there were not plenty of other people who were also, you know, didn't find it to be hurtful. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the thing that they don't like, that like goes over their heads. Like, yeah, you may have found one person that agrees with you, but you know, for every one person, there are also that many people who found that to be hurtful and took that to heart and, you know, felt hurt by that mocking stereotype of their religion. I don't know. Yeah. And they were mocking a marginalized group in the Sheik community as well, or the culture, like the I thought I think the person said that like the outfit they wore and everything is very specific to a group of sheik mm-hmm. that are historically already been suppressed and yeah 
So, but yeah, I'm not one. So I like, I don't know the details, but it was really bad. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> because things like colorism and then like that example of, I guess, mocking of culture mm-hmm. are still things that we see in a lot of dramas. I feel like also we should give credit when dramas do handle things well, like mm-hmm. Cutie Pie did. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like it's self-explanatory to, like, not explain why calling out discrimination is something that you should do. I don't know. Like, does that really need an explanation? I feel like that's just something you you would would do. You would think not. Uh, People on the internet have been surprising me the whole day, so. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, but I agree. You know, I think as much as it hurts to see a depiction of your skin color or your sexuality or your culture that's mocking, it mm-hmm. means just as much to see something that is paying respect to it. And something as little as like Hio's line in Cutie Pie can like mm-hmm. be very meaningful to queer people and darker skinned people. And, you know, it's nice to see the media that you enjoy acknowledging things that happened that happen in media and like purposely trying to be different and step away from those, you know, stereotypical depictions that often happen. So Mm -hmm. it is really, I think, nice to acknowledge them when they do the rare occasions that we do see good stuff like that (laughs) happening. Yeah. So another example of an issue that keeps coming up (laughs) that I feel like it's important for people to address is when dramas make fat phobic remarks so like the obvious example is characters that samantha Coates has played in love by chance and until we meet again like i don't think i have enough fingers to count how many fat jokes have been made against her characters but i feel like the part that really bothers me is that dramas a lot of them seem to dis or seem to encourage disordered eating so Mm -hmm. like one character will be eating as you normally would and another character will tell them like not to eat so much or you'll get fat or don't eat that or you're gonna get fat stuff like that I see all the time in BL dramas or like I'm on a diet so I'm gonna skip this meal and they're just like oh that makes sense like (laughs) skipping meals that's like textbook disordered eating right there and like I don't know they just like oh they're on a diet and they're gonna lose weight so it's fine that you know yeah I mean Yeah. <laughs> Diet culture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's something that's been really hard watching Asian dramas in general for me over the years. It's like I'm obviously a fat person and you know, I've accepted that as a part of my part of my being. So I feel like there are certain you know, I've kind of feel like because it feels like fat phobia is taken so much mm-hmm. less seriously than other you know, like homophobia or racism or things like that, that, you know, you just kind of have to accept it as something that, you know, you write off as things that that you don't have to address because it's not really taken seriously in the larger society to begin with. So that's definitely been, yeah. Talking about this, I have a question. I've been actually meaning to ask you for a really long time because I want to hear your opinion on it. I see a lot of people talking about how you shouldn't use the word fat to describe someone. So I disagree with that. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, because that fat and skinny, they are just 
they shouldn't have any meaning behind them. They're script they're descriptions of a body type. And by saying you shouldn't describe someone as fat, that means that you inherently see fat as being a bad thing that somebody shouldn't be described as. So yeah. you're tying that negative association to it automatically and being like, yeah. they don't want to be seen as fat because that's clearly a bad thing. No, it's just like, it's a description it's of bad. someone's body. You know, yeah. fat is a thing that mm-hmm. exists. It doesn't have to inherently be good or bad. Yeah. Fat doesn't yeah. equal ugly. Yes. Yes. That is yes. and like weight shouldn't be tied. It's like this whole thing of like, someone's body size yes exactly you know like there shouldn't be inherent levels of beauty or good or badness tied to your body like it's just something that should exist in any Mm -hmm. form in any way and that's why like body neutrality as opposed to body positivity is kind of something like just being completely neutral about your body you know it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. I don't have to think it's like the best thing ever as being fat or skinny you know I just have to acknowledge it as this is my body that carries Mm -hmm. my weight and that my organs are inside of and that's all it needs to be it doesn't need to be a good thing it doesn't need to be a bad thing you know like if that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, and fat doesn't always mean unhealthy Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah, that's very true. You know, health comes at every size. Like, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah there, I've been it's... frustrated a lot. I've been listening to a podcast that always, like, reacts when they're talking about a book that uses the description fat. Yeah. Like, they were reacting to a fat fryer being a thing in Harry Potter. But, like, he's a fat fryer yeah. ghost. Like, what else do you want? Like, beef bone <laughs> fryer goes? Like, a plus size. How are you going to say that? <laughs> He's a plus size fryer. <laughs> yeah, it's just like they come up with all oh these like, fluffy terms to avoid, you know, calling people fat. And it's just like, if you just took the meaning out of the word fat, you wouldn't need to come up with all these weird terms like big bone which is a weird fucking term i hate that term yeah or like plus size or like all these things that are meant to coddle people and like Mm -hmm. you know not make them feel bad about you know and you know they have a good you know they come from a good place like i know you want to try not to make someone feel bad about their weight but it's like if we just stopped tying fat and skinny to being good and bad then like you know, these terms wouldn't need to exist, you know, you could just call someone skinny and call someone Mm -hmm. fat and call someone whatever and not have it like lead to being seen as insulting them or complimenting them, you know? And honestly, like, obviously, it's a description thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you you don't go Mm -hmm. up to people and talk about like, if they're fat or skinny or have black hair or light hair yeah it's like that's not a normal conversation mm -hmm. in any way yeah describing another person like you can use the word fat yeah it's not a bad thing and it's like the same way you can use long or short to describe someone's hair and it not have any any Mm -hmm. indication on to whether their hair is you know, a good style or a bad style or whatever, you know, fat and skinny should be able to be used the same way. Yeah, it's like all in the tone of how you say it, because some people say it insultingly, and some people just mm-hmm. say it as a regular the same descriptor. Thing as with the word gay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that like, it's from my own experience, it's very common in Asian culture for parents grand grandparents mm-hmm. to make fat phobic comments so like anytime i've been to a function where there are other filipinos 
the parents are always telling primarily the girls i don't think i've ever mm. seen them tell a boy this but they'll tell them that they've gotten fat even when i did folk dance a lot of our costumes were very much like prepubescent girl sizes and the girls would get like yelled at if they didn't fit in them or yeah. we would have to cast the dance depending on who could fit into what costume and it's just mm. It's just one of those things in Asian culture that it's common, but it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it makes like talking, going back to like talking about Sammy and how, you know, she has been, you know, typecast as this fat, ugly Fujoshi girl and so many of the roles she's played almost every single one. And, you know, it's obviously led to having an impact on her in real life because she has been doing ads for like diet teas. And I know she posted an ad on her IG story, how she was like the model for this tea. And, you know, they had how much she used to weigh in a picture of her two or three years ago and her now standing next to it. And like, I mean, diet teas and detox teas are the bane of my existence. And every time I see like a BL person advertise them, I want to like, scream into the void but you know obviously being sammy was never fat and you know she was never she was never overweight you know she's always been you know perfectly normal sized person as most people that are yeah as most people that are depicted as fat in television are she was never actually an overweight or plus size person but obviously being cast that way has had some sort of impact on her and Mm. you know she has felt the need to lose this weight and advertise these diet teas and i i don't know i just think that stuff like that it's just like really frustrating to watch and really hard to watch for someone who is so she's like in her early 20s i mean even if she was an adult like it well she is an adult but like an older adult like you know it's just like really hard to watch that kind of stuff yeah and i don't think it's a coincidence that they her weight loss is coinciding with them setting her up to have a more of a focus on her couple possibly in between us mm-hmm. yeah yeah with the boston or whatever his name is like the guy you know she had that inkling of a romance moment and until we meet again but you know three years later now you know she's being pushed more into a spotlight position with it but yeah you know i definitely noticed that a lot i noticed a lot with like a lot of the like trans side characters that they show Mm -hmm. in BLs are sometimes like bigger women and you know they're super flirty and super forward and it's always like made to be a joke because obviously they're not the type of person that the male lead or whoever they're flirting with would ever be into so it's another thing where like fat the fat queer person is the comedic relief the fat trans woman is the comedic relief because Mm -hmm. obviously they would never be taken seriously as a romantic partner type thing so you know that's the thing that I notice a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think um, about how they've been treating the girl that talked like the f- Graham's friend? Oh, and not me. Oh, I mean, I didn't think that there was anything necessarily bad or offensive in their depiction of her. In fact, I feel like they treated her pretty normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 She was like a rare example, I feel like, of someone who is trans and on the yeah she's just kind of like treated as a normal character you know she doesn't exist to be the comedic relief or you know 
I mean, there's she, like she's intellectual. Yeah, she actually has something to say. She actually knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and anytime that like she yeah. kind of yeah, anytime she kind of like jokes or Graham flirts with her, I don't really take that in an offensive way either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't. It, think it, it seems, seems pretty like it, genuine. That could be a thing. Like, yeah, they're not making yeah. it into like a haha moment. Like, they oh, haha, he wouldn't anything. actually go to her, go for her type thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it almost it genuinely genuine. seems like he has has had or has interest in her, which is like mm-hmm. just painting her as a normal woman that. Yeah. It can mm-hmm. the conventionally attractive, you know, male character Graham could genuinely be interested in, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not me as like groundbreaking on so many accounts, but that I feel like that's <laughs> like one of the smaller things. Yeah. Oh, for saying. sure. I'm shipping that. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I like. I remember like watching their scenes in like that first episode, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm on board for this." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene. <who>? Eugene. <laughs> I think I would rather Graham be with the Her. classmate than Eugene. Yeah. yeah. Same. same. <laughs> but another big issue i don't have anything written down for it but you might alexa is just like a homophobic depictions or depictions that perpetuate homophobia in dramas you know i've talked about this before one of my biggest pet peeves in bl is the way they portray feminine gay men and it's kind of the same way as they portray trans women because they're almost always you know what are they called like there's always like the cherry gang type characters who are like the side characters who are like usually a trans woman and like a bunch of femme gay men who are always the comedic relief and Mm -hmm. you know they're always there being portrayed as loud and obnoxious and you know overly flirty with the male leads in the drama and that kind of stuff and I don't know it's just it's very rare to find a drama you know there are some you know like I think people like Kuhart's character characters and shows have been taken more seriously as a femme gay person but Mm. you will very rarely see a femme gay person in a BL drama that is like not a side character or comedic relief character you know they're often like the makeup person that's there to make like snarky remarks when they're doing the male leads makeup for like the two moons contest or whatever you know like this is just like always the kind of roles that femme gay people get and like yes there are femme gay people that do makeup and are snarky and like to make those kind of remarks but also like make them more dynamic like that's all I want is to see like a femme gay person that is more dynamic and I can't even say anything about queer women because they don't exist in BLs basically (laughs) I mean we have like we have like Tiffy from Lovely Writer who is like a pretty good depiction but like there's like zero queer women I mean obviously BL is not about women so you know why would you have a queer woman in there but you know we have Waterboy where the lesbian ended up with a man yeah. at the end of the drama take, so take that out of the mouth. Do not that's how, <laughs> that's that how bl sees new. women they they'll become straight when they meet you can be a lesbian for your entire life but if you meet the right man <laughs> you're straight now you know oh that's like i don't know yeah i remember someone said that like in Waterboy, everyone ends up with the man even the lesbian <laughs> even the lesbian <laughs> exactly oh i hate that that. both lesbians yeah yeah Yeah, so you know i feel like we've talked a lot about bl portraying you know queer people because bl is about queer people at its root but Mm -hmm. i think 
it's gotten a lot better with the way they portray the main characters in the show, you know, getting away from the I'm straight except for you trope type thing and that kind of stuff. But I think in a lot of the queer side characters, we still see a lot of those stereotypes about femme queer people and queer people in general coming into play that I would really like to see change hopefully one day. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah. But that's kind of like talking about like a currently airing example. I've only seen parts, bits and parts of the show because it's not really my cup of tea, but Secret Crush on You has had like from what I've seen of it, the male lead that they have is, you know, more on the femme side of things. But he kind of, he's basically like a stalker of the male, his like (laughs) counterpart. Like I'm pretty sure... I think someone said the novel that it's basically like, it's like, Mm. you know, there's always dramas where like the one character has like a love shrine towards the other character, you know, (laughs) the whole thing. But like this guy has like, yeah, this guy has like his crushes, like face and body printed on his blanket and pillow. (laughs) Like he's legitimately like obsessed in a stalker with him. And I'm like, you know, one of the few depictions we get of like a, more femme male lead in a BL drama and like he's I think the novel that it's translated from is actually adapted from literally translates to like stalker so you know that's what we get when we see like femme more femme people depicted as leads in these dramas and it's just like can we have can we have one good thing please yeah I mean a lot a lot has improved with Mm -hmm. dramas since like the SOTUS days Mm -hmm. to the point where whenever something like recent comes up that has like a colorist remark or some weird stereotype I'm like just why did they do this like nobody's doing this anymore it's outdated (laughs) like where did you think the last would come from I thought we moved past this (laughs) but yeah Yeah. apparently not I'm trying to think if I have any other like specific examples. Did you have anything else that you wanted to touch on, Kayla? Not really that I could think of off the Excuse top me. of my head. Yeah, I can't. I feel like we covered a lot of like the specific examples of different, you know, controversies that we kind of wanted to touch on. But I feel like just to kind of wrap it up, you know, I feel like it all comes back to like existing as like a queer person of color and trying to watch a form of media that you enjoy like it's not fun to see that stuff depicted and to see these stereotypes like in the year 2022 still being played out about your identities so I feel like that's why even if you're not queer or a person of color and you might not get why those things are not fun to watch I feel like we just kind of wanted to like highlight how seeing that stuff and seeing those depictions of yourself in a form of media can be like it is very difficult to watch and that's why we feel like it's important to address it because you know addressing about and talking about these things is the way that we see them start to change you know that's how we've gotten the growth that we've had in BL so far and you know like Kaylee just said it has come a long way in you know last five or six years but there is still a long way to go and there are still a lot of things that you know you see depicted in BL on a regular basis that just like are not fun to watch and like no one should be you know watching a form of media that they enjoy and want to have fun watching and see like mocking depictions of themselves in that in that media 
you know, I think you can make jokes and make characters funny without making the butt of those jokes aspects of their identity, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I feel like sometimes when you call stuff out on Twitter, for example, it kind of feels like you're yelling into a void especially mm-hmm. if it's GMNCV because they're notorious <laughs> for not addressing anything. But I feel like even a series like the discussions that Cutie Pie brought up or Lovely Writer as a whole are shows that really show that people are listening. People who are behind the production of these series do mm-hmm. listen and see the discussions that are being had online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there are people involved in the production of these shows that want to do things differently, but, you know, they need support from audience and viewers and fans to, you know, seeing shows like Lovely Writer and Cutie Pie and Not Me. me, Thank you. I I blanked on the title for a second. (laughs) Seeing shows like that do well and not fall into those stereotypes is, you know, how we're going to get more work from the people in the production who are working to produce things differently and also more shows from other productions mm-hmm. that are like hmm, maybe it is okay if we do things differently and don't just use the same tired stereotypes every single time we do a series you know and for the companies this like gmm tv bobby sabi whatever this is about money like mm-hmm. there's no getting around. They can be allies or not, but at the end of the day, this is going to be about money. And if they are doing like a show like Not Me and Cutie Pie, and it's getting a lot of talk because people are talking about it, sharing about the good stuff, and they're getting the views from it because it's a positive thing in the community, they're going to mm-hmm. get more money. Yeah. So that's yeah. how you kind of change the needle here right so create conversation talk about this stuff because it does matter and online no one sees what color you are or who you are if you're white or whatever just join the conversation and be respectful like if you are white you like i see a lot of people still not accepting that they have a privilege mm-hmm you have a privilege. Like, we could not do this, like, an episode like this about white people. All right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The easiest way I can explain privilege to you is that we couldn't do this about white people. Yeah. So just acknowledge that you have that privilege and join the conversation. Don't stay neutral and, yeah, think that it's not your place or anything like that because it's not helping. Yeah. Fluff mm-hmm. is all well and good, but you know, there's got to be more, more substance and more conversation happening there, and that's mm-hmm. what we always want to try and highlight. I feel like, yeah, and if you yeah. can support like BLs, and you need to support the queer community, right? Yeah, yes. and being silent, <laughs> you know, watching BL does only does so much to support the queer community. You know, like I, I don't gain anything as a queer person from you watching BL, but I do gain something from you using your platform and acknowledging my struggle. Whether literally just acknowledgement means so yeah. much to people, I don't think they realize that. You know, mm-hmm. to feel yeah. like you have people and, actually on your side yeah and white people mm-hmm. you have the privilege that you speaking up is not going to put you in a situation where you need to fear for your health mm-hmm. or security like 
if anyone can speak up, it's you. <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately, people are still more willing to listen to white straight people talk about these things <laughs> than they are to listen to me or Kayla or other people in the community about these things. So like, it shouldn't you shouldn't be censored in the conversation but you still are so like yeah i mean use that privilege asks me about it i can just like yeah go listen to this person about that (laughs) please why are you asking me (laughs) i don't need to say anything but i can like direct to where you can get those answers and make people actually research this because like it shouldn't be like alexa or kayla's responsibility Mm -hmm. to hound you down to get you this information (laughs) this is something you should search for yourself Mm -hmm. and do the research yourself you can't just expect people to educate you every second of the day yeah yeah and for like our fellow people of color it is also okay to disconnect for a while if things like mentally become too overwhelming or constant yeah yeah yeah, agreed. Do you guys have any more yep. stuff? That's all I had. Yep. All right. <laughs> so that's it for the episode this week. If you have anything we've missed that you wanted to mention, keep it in the dis- comment section below or tweet at us or anything. We'd love to discuss. And if you have any questions, we have a safe space where you can ask those questions. And even if it's just here or on our Discord. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And share this episode with your beer-loving friends. Did you know we have a merch shop? You can find it at lovecastpodcast.com. We have hoodies, stickers, shirts, and tote bags. Everything we earn go directly into the podcast to make it running. And finally, if you'd like to support the podcast and help us continue creating and releasing episodes, you can also join our Patreon, uh, where you'll receive exclusive access to extra content like Kayla's reaction videos, my audio chapters of BL novels, Alexa's character analysis posts, behind-the-scenes clips from interviews, podcast recordings that didn't make it into the final episode, and more. Thanks again for joining us this week. We want to know your thoughts, so leave them in the comment section below. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm going to hit pause really quick because my cat is at the door screaming and <laughs> I can she keeps meowing and scratching at the door. Give me one second. She was like, let me in. I'm ready to be on camera. You're forgetting to record without me. With me. <laughs> the star of the show is here. <laughs>
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.